Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Clearing isn't the most talked about function in the industry, but without it, we're a boat with no power. Nothing happens. Is there innovation in clearing? You bet. There's actually a whole ecosystem being built around it. So to talk everything clearing related, please welcome back Michael Scaplin, who's the SVP of Sales and Relationship Management of Axos Clearing, and Gary Weedman, the President and Managing Principal of Axos Clearing. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for the introduction. Thanks for having us, Doug. Michael's been on the podcast before, but Gary, this is your first time. Tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to Axos Clearing. Oh, hey, thanks. I appreciate everything. Um, well, I've been in the industry for around 33 years. You know, I started right out of college out in the Bay Area of California um, at a mutual fund company, went into the retail space, one of the first robo advisors. Uh, so after I, I did some time in the robo space, then I was introduced to clearing, working for one of the premier names in uh, clearing today. And uh, after I did some time with them, I worked in the investment banking and wealth management organizations here on the East Coast. And uh, then I started my own clearing firm, thinking there was an opportunity to sort of do things differently. I'd learned an awful lot along the way, and I wanted to put some of those practices and correct things that I thought could be corrected uh, by creating our own technology stack, our own back office system and such. But as luck would have it, uh, we started, our money was coming out of Asia, and we ran out of capital just at the uh, first few months of the COVID outbreak. So uh, our capital dried up. Uh, at that point, I, I joined another clearing entity here in uh, Tri-State uh, to sort of pick up where I left off, doing some of the same type of innovative uh, technology uh, practices to sort of bring that experience to the retail and uh, global retail investor uh, through the uh, mobile app type device. And then an opportunity presented itself for me to join Axos. And here I am today, about uh, six months ago. Wow, that's great. Uh, like I opened with, clearing doesn't get a lot of press, but it's actually the most necessary thing in the industry. Not to get to stories in the past, but it's come light years from putting a trade in a tube and wiring Wall Street for a trade. Okay, thanks, Doug, for the question. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, clearing absolutely is the plumbing behind the scenes. It's sort of raised its profile in the last year or so as a result of some of the meme stock uh, issues and volatility that was resulting of that and clearing sort of taking some lumps on that from a result of NSCC charges. But that isn't a result of the clearing firm per se. That's some of the antiquated architecture that exists primarily to, exp uh, to manage risk as it's perceived by the primary um, institutional entities, in this case, NSCC, DTC, OCC, et cetera. So clearing in and of itself though is necessary for firms that are not self-clearing. You need to have um, uh, the bells and whistles to be able to connect to those various engines to clear and settle a trade, send out statements and confirms, 1099s, all, all pretty benign stuff. But really, if you, you know, I did some research on this you know, a few years ago, clearing, 
if you look at the DNA of, of every primary clearing entity that's out there, they're all very unique in what the, some of the services they offer, how they offer the profile from a risk perspective, their capital, are they private, are they public? What's their back office system? What's their capabilities? Are they API, are they customer service centric? Is it more of a, just a hands-off, you know, complete technology solution or some sort of a blend therein? You know, and I think, you know, and we talked about this, you know, in some of the meetings I've had previously that, you know, when you're picking a utility, what you're clearing is in some ways is a utility. It's like, well, what, do, what kind of utility do you want? What are your needs? And clearing, if you actually dig down into it, it's like, we don't just provide electricity. We provide, you know, the light bulb. We provide the switches. We provide the reports and everything that you get on a day-to-day -day basis. We provide the appliances in some cases to actually provide that utility to you and your customers. So every clearing firm really has a very unique offering and a very unique structure and a very unique culture uh, that hopefully, uh, you know, if depending on the introducing relationship, that partnership, they're in lockstep, right? A, a clearing firm is a partner to the introducing relationship. If they're not in sync with each other, they can fall out of love with each other and then you have problems in the relationship down the road. So it's very, it's very important early on when you're looking for a clearing firm to find the one that fits you best. With so much innovation and technology applied to the trade, how do you differentiate yourself, talk about yourself from the pack when talking about, when talking to clients and prospects? Yeah, that's a good question too, Doug. I think, you know, clearing, when you think about it, you know, that simplest part, you know, you know, at zero, you know, zero commission trading. I mean, well, how does a clearing firm even make money? People want those services. They want to have a good customer experience. They want to have the technology that provides them all that, but they want to be able to do it super cheap, effectively free. So a clearing firm has to find ways to, you know, innovative ways to generate a little bit of cash in order to pay for all those services. We don't do it for free. Our investors and the people that have invested in us and hold our stock in the case of Axos, have an expectation that we're going to perform and give them a reasonable return on their investment. So we have to find ways to generate a return on that capital just to stay in business. And we do things you know, innovatively to differentiate ourselves, whether it be customer service, providing uh, coverage of certain asset classes, providing specific dedicated desks for like fixed income, offering interna international mutual funds, uh, a, a full suite of products that you can't necessarily get and many of our competitors. Uh, and then from a technology perspective, you know, depending on the customer base uh, that, that use, utilizes that technology, an old school, you know, quite honestly, like a fax type operation may differ very differently. Well, is very different from an organization that wants to do everything through their mobile app or phone with APIs. So the ability to customize the, the experience and have all these tools and all these types of interactions with clearing to the introducing broker-dealer relationship. You know, oddly, Axos is focused on the ability to really offer many different solutions to very many different types of introducing relationships from all the way from the paper-driven old school BD and RIA, all the way to the fully tech-centric, uh, app-driven, uh, broker-dealer, whether they be in the United States or outside the United States to get access to U.S. equities, listed options, and other products. Michael, we talked about some of the ways Axos stands out in clearing services because you're on the front lines every day. It'd be great if you could take over a little bit from me here and pick into Gary's brain on some of the differentiators you have. 
Yeah, Doug, thank you very much. Uh, and, and always glad to be here. I'm glad we're, we're doing this again. Uh, I'm glad you're getting a chance to, to meet Gary, uh, our new leader uh, of the firm. Uh, so when you step back, uh, Gary and I have worked together for, for uh, a time or two on both sides of the fence. Uh, we've worked together uh, at a clearinghouse uh, where he ran a component of operations and I was in business development and relationship management. Uh, and then we worked again uh, when he was with another broker dealer and we actually sold clearing. So between Gary and myself, uh, we have over 50 years of clearing experience on the street, which is a, a fantastic uh, tag team that we that we have here. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super glad that we, we were able to get Gary uh, and bring him over uh, to, to help add to the vision and, and build that. So, you know, Gary touched on some of the, the capabilities that we have and, and when, when we're out there selling, uh, we're, there's some fundamental foundational things that we have. Uh, the ability, like Gary said, to hit multiple asset classes. So access clearing, equities, options, fixed income, foreign and local settlements, mutual funds, uh, offshore funds. Uh, we are DTC members as well as Euroclear participants. So when you're talking about capabilities and you're talking about asset classes, we hit those points. When you talk about capabilities and who we're reaching out to, um, we've got retail broker dealers. We've got institutional broker dealers. We're diving into the fintech space. Gary brings with him a wealth of knowledge uh, that I'd, I'd like him to touch on some of the tech that he brings in here, but his wealth of knowledge into the API stack in that universe uh, to help build this digital ecosystem to reach out to the fintechs. Uh, you know, Gary, can you talk a little bit about some of the tech that you want to bring in here and some of the tech you want to build? Sure, Mike. Thanks. Yeah. So I've worked at more than a handful of firms that uh, focus on API-driven techno API technology solutions for broker-dealers. Uh, you know, so it's really about, you know, while Axos has API solutions, it's really about taking it to the next level. We're making sure that we have the right people in the organization to help us build out that capability to bring Axos out of some of the legacy issues uh, that we may have struggled through. Uh, from that perspective, to get us really not to where we're just competitive, but we're an absolutely uh, differentiating brand from a technology solutions provider. We are owning more and more of our technology. We're investing millions of dollars in our technology development over the next several years. Uh, we're investing in our uh, people to make sure that we have the smartest, the best and brightest people that are bringing their skills and expertise, not just from a service perspective, which I know, Mike, you're going to touch on, but really from a back office in engine perspective to make sure that that technology is not just you know, on par with the stuff that's out there today, but really is cutting edge and is bringing us uh, to the forefront of the offerings that are out there. I mean, APIs, you know, for, for folks that aren't in the weeds on a daily basis, you know, that sounds kind of foreign, but it really is the connectivity that brings those, those app-driven experiences to life through your phone. You have to have an API to be able to connect to that back office engine. And the more APIs that you have available to you, the more of that straight line, straight through processing you can avail to that in innovative uh, broker dealer, both domestically and internationally. So the more functionality we bring to bear in that stack, the more attractive we come to innovators in the industry and the more that Axos's name is gonna be associated with that type of innovation. Right, and, and what we see is that innovation leads us to the different subset of, of partners that you can reach out to. So uh, what, what Gary is, is also talking about in this innovation is this future state that we're building. So 
You hear it from us in, in all the podcasts. We're building a holistic digital offering, an ecosystem, a clearing ecosystem where you can come in. But what we're really doing is taking the technology that we have, upgrading it to a new, a newer stack, and we're building this two to three year plan. So what we're doing isn't for tomorrow per se, 24 hours, we're building the tomorrow state of clearing. We're building the future state, this digital ecosystem that will reach out and network into all of the apps and all of the participants that are out there today and better prepare us for what's coming in two to three years. So you'll see us working on the back office engine. You'll see us working on what it means to partner with various firms and what it means to actually take things in-house and build our own state. And, and with that becomes uh, our own ecosystem, our own environment, and, and some of the risk that we're looking to mitigate. I'm sure Gary can touch on that better than I can, but uh, yeah, if you want to cover some of the risk items, Gary, uh, let's, yeah. let's talk about what we're doing on that side of the fence as well. Yeah, sure, Mike. I think, you know, risk management, again, going looking back on the meme stock as an example, but just risk management permeates this entire industry. How do you manage risk? How do you quantify it? I've been a chief risk officer, I've been a head of a margin group, which of course is about risk and, and managing the risk at the customer and the firm level. And, you know, you think about how you apply that to your organization, really how the industry adapts to it. Um, you know, FINRA, the SEC, DTC, NSCC, they've all got a, a, an interest in making sure that we, as, as, a, as a clearing firm, uh, have uh, our best practice risk management processes in place. And periodically little events occur, little, uh, understatement, but events happen in the industry that cause us pause and the industry does a little bit of self-reflection about how can we do things better. And, and, you know, meme stock was that. And so, you know, credit limits, the ability to manage risk intraday at, a, at an account level, at a, at a introducing broker dealer level, and at a firm level uh, before, you know, NSCC and DTC get involved, they want to know, they want to make sure that you as a firm have, have evidence control, you know, you know, command and control of all your customers that you know the landscape of what the risk is being presented to your firm. And we do do that today, but we want to really start looking down the road how to do it better. Like, you know, when we talk about T plus one, we see that as an, an industry change that's coming down the road. We're also preparing to go T plus zero. Well, T plus zero changes the entire dynamic of settlement and, and the cash required and the risk management that's in there. And there's that's enough there's enough talking points in a T1 T0 conversation to put on multiple podcasts. But you know, from a, but from a core fundamental perspective, risk management is of course protecting the firm. But one of Finra's stated objective is to protect the investor, and we as sort of the custodian of that trust, it's incumbent on us to make sure we're managing our risk but by extension, managing the broker dealer and the end customer's risk as well, making sure that they're protected from bad things and things that go bump in the night. Right, and as, you're, as, as Gary is building the technology stack to support that risk and make sure that we're protecting the house, protecting the community, protecting our customers, uh, that tech will allow us to move forward. On the other side of that, uh, on my side of the fence, uh, I'm protecting not just the accounts and, and the house and our firm, but I'm building a personnel layer. So what we have is we've got client services, which is there to mitigate risk. They're there to handle any little kind of spinoffs, any little issues that you may have. 
a lot of password resets and, and it kind of escalates from there as the, the issues start to take off. But one step above that, you've got relationship management and they're there to help out and hold hands with all of our client base to make sure that any issue, any risk, any item that they have is quickly mitigated. And from there, it escalates up into the managers of departments and into the senior vice presidents, such as myself, to get involved. So you've got this twofold risk uh, approach where Gary is insulating the wiring and making sure that we have everything functioning, hands-off technology. And then you've got the hands-on side where the relationship managers are there with a personal relationship, looking for any variances, looking for any issues, asking the questions. Maybe the broker dealer is missing something on the risk side and our people are there because they saw a variance, they see something, they can have that conversation and get in there and make sure it's fixed. So we're protecting the house, again, on, on multiple levels through various uh, risk mitigants. Gary, we, we've talked to Michael before and he talks about this digital ecosystem, which is a really aggressive, wonderful thing for the future. Is that in line with what your dreams are and is it achievable? The answer to those are yes and yes. Um, so is it achievable? Of course it's achievable. And we're, we're seeing some folks that are blazing a trail and, uh, and, and have been for the last several years to sort of create that experience, that obsessive you know, customer experience and uh, to make sure that it's, things are intuitive, that the customer is getting an optimal you know, experience. But then, you know, we're a regulated broker dealer. And when we're regulated by FINRA and the SEC and, and, and our own governance structures that we have in place, we need to be mindful of what that, what, what that represents. So we can obsess, of course, about the customer experience, but we also are, um, we need to be held to those standards that FINRA and the SEC put upon us. So you know, we, we, we have to sort of balance uh, the desire to have a straight through process with, with, for, the, for the customer with a true disclosure and regulatorily compliant uh, ecosystem that we operate in. But that digital ecosystem, though all that considered, you know, Axos is playing a little bit of catch up, to be quite honestly, in the clearing space. Uh, but my background and the things that I've done over the past decade or so sort of will help us play catch up and get it there sooner rather than later. In fact, almost from the day that I started here, we started talking about what was it going to take to get us to that next level so that we could meet and exceed the expectations of our customers and where the business is truly going. Quite honestly, the ecosystem that we speak is really, that is going to be the standard. Uh, there is that digital concept, being able to connect more people to stable markets here in the United States from outside the United States. It just makes sense. And the only way to do that is through, uh, is through that digital integration front to back from folks as far away from the other side of the globe, getting into, uh, connected to access and getting ac access to the global uh, marketplace of securities available here in the United States. Actually, let me state that over again. That's a little, I butchered that a little bit. So Axos's objective, my objective, is to give access to customers outside the United States, access into the United States and our, uh, our, our securities markets here. They're more robust than anywhere else in the globe. They're, even though we have uh, some volatility currently, clearly, uh, there's an opportunity though, uh, relative to the pure markets outside the United States, 
to give that stability to the folks that really crave it. And we're really positioned to take advantage of that here. And, and lastly, Gary, anytime someone's brought in to lead a firm, you spend some time evaluating a lot of things. What have you learned about the firm, the people, and how this is going to play out? The people here are amazing. I was out in Omaha last week, uh, spent a week out there, and I apologize to them. I was str- I'm still struggling a little bit through a cold, but, uh, but my objective when I am out in Omaha is to spend an awful lot of time face-to-face and uh, talking with people. We have a really solid team out there, and I'm, I'm really proud to be, you know, I'll put it in air quotes, leading them. The reality is they, you know, my job is made easy by them. I'm not necessarily leading them. I'm providing some guidance. Uh, it's a smart team. Been through an awful lot over the last several years, decades here, as the firm has gone through a fair amount of change. Uh, I'm trying to bring, I'm not trying, I am bringing stability, uh, a knowledge base of success uh, that we're trying to spread across the organization and motivate individuals, tweaking the culture. We have a solid culture of, of individuals out there that have really done a really good job of bringing the firm to where it is today, but we can do better, right? We can be more focused on the objectives, but then of course, everybody needs to know what those objectives are. So we've spent some time over the last few months or so refining our, our, our strategy and then vocalizing and making sure that everybody understands what that strategy is. We've had town hall meetings, which we just concluded yesterday on the strategy of one of our divisions. And we're just making sure that everybody gets it. And then to the extent that there's clarifying opportunities, we'll be having uh, more one-on-one conversations, group meetings, and more town hall meetings as we refine the messaging to make sure that AXO stands out above, uh, above others and its transparency and our purpose. Sounds like great things ahead. Thanks so much for joining us, you guys. Thank you. To learn more about Axos Clearing, please visit axosclearing.com. Please follow us for all the latest updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Jakey Beard, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.